All right, church. Uh, for you know, the past few months, actually, I, I looked it up. Um, it was uh, we started September of last year, uh, our book of Acts, and so we spent about seven months or so uh, talking about it, and we completed it last week. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who kind of joined in with that and, and really um, grew and, and learned from that. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go into a series on relationships, uh, Christ-centered relationships. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few different passages uh, in the Bible, and we're going to focus on what it says about relationships. Uh, my hope is that for us, we're going to be able to cover the gamut. You know, like obviously I want us to talk about marriage, but I also want us to talk about friendship. What does God say about that? What does God say about dating? What does God say about singleness? All of those different things. Um, you know, in the beginning of the year, I usually make a rough outline of uh, what the year is going to look like for our ministry. Uh, and as I was preparing and thinking about what I wanted uh, this summer to look like, there was one word that kept kind of coming up in my heart, and it was the word community. And as I was thinking about the word community, uh, these questions kept coming up. Questions of how do we form better relationships? Um, questions of how do we grow as a Christian couple? Questions of how do we raise our children in a way that pleases God? And I know that even though these are big questions, I think for a lot of us, we have an idea of how to answer them. We kind of already have an idea of uh, what it really means to, to be in a relationship, of, of how to grow in our relationships. And one of the reasons why is because, believe it or not, or realize it or not, all of us are affected on our view on relationship. For us in our culture, for us in, in how we kind of view things, our view on relationship has already been heavily influenced. Almost every TV show, every movie, to be honest, like every song is about relationships, right? And someone, someone name out a, a, a movie, any movie. Titanic. Titanic, exact bam, relationships, right? I will never let you go, right? What else? One more, one more. Avengers, bam, relationships, right? I don't know, maybe. Relationships, exactly, it is relationships. Give me one more. I'll show you. Give me one more. Star Wars. Star Wars. Bam. Relationships, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about the notebook, right? Of course. Relationships. When Harry met Sally, of course. Bam. Relationships, right? Jurassic Park. Bam. Relationships. Every, every single movie is about relationships. When you think about songs, all of them are love songs. All of them are talking about some type of relationship that you have. TV shows, they're always focused on these different Things. And what I'm trying to say is that our perception and our values of marriage, of love, of sex, and of friendship, they are being influenced every single day, every single time we step out into this world. Whether you realize it or not, it is always being tweaked. It is always being influenced by everything around us. And that's why I believe it is so important for us to spend time looking at the Bible and seeing what God says about relationships. 
And I think what we're going to see is a really stark contrast between what the Bible says and what the world says. I think we're going to see a pretty big difference in the values and everything that the Bible espouses and what the world says is good and that we should go for. And so what I want to do today is look at the beginning of the Bible. It's kind of just do an introduction of our topic of our series on relationships and look at the beginning of creation and see just two things, that we were created for relationship, and secondly, that there is a purpose in our relationship. You know, in 1945, there was this groundbreaking case uh, where a psychologist named Rene Spitz went to an orphanage in South America. And what he did is he observed 97 uh, infants in an orphanage. And he, he saw how deprived they were of their emotional and physical contact with others. Now, this wasn't an intentional type of deprivation. It was that there just wasn't enough time, resources, or manpower to care for all 97 of these infants. Now, what he noted was that these infants received basic care. The workers, they made sure to uh, feed them, they made sure to bathe them, they made sure to change their diapers, but after that, beyond that, there was no other interaction. There just wasn't enough time. And so Rene Spitz, as he was observing them for months and for years, he observed something really, really sad. He saw that three months in, these infants started to show really abnormal behavior. There was a lack of appetite. They weren't sleeping well. And what he realized is that they weren't progressing mentally or physically. Now, what he also noted is that after one year, 27 of these infants died. It wasn't because of a, a lack of food. It wasn't because of a lack of water. A third died because there was a lack of touch and emotional care. By the end of the experiment, he said that less than a third of those infants ended up surviving past the age of 18. See, church, Rene Spitz, he uncovered something that is right at the heart of Christianity, and it's that we were made for relationship. We were created for it. It's not an aspect of our lives. It's not a secondary piece of who we are. It's not something that kind of is supposed to be there later when we mature more. We were created for it. We were made for it. Being in a relationship is at the very core of who we were created to be. You know, a little bit before we read our verse, there is another verse in Genesis 1.26 where God says, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. You see, when God is creating humanity, he refers to himself in the plural. And he says, let us make man in God's image. Let us make him in our likeness. This is noteworthy because when you look at the rest of the chapter before that, when he creates something, you see he only uses a singular. It either says God or he. He created the sky. He created fish. He created the animals. And yet, when he is creating man, when he's creating man in his own image, 
That's when God uses the plural. You see, it's what we refer to as the Trinity. One God and three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, the question is, okay, Pastor Danny, you, he, he used the plural for, for this part. He used the plural when he's creating Adam. Why is that important? Well, from the very beginning of time, what we know about God is that he was always in community. What we know about our God is that relationship wasn't something that happened as an after effect. It wasn't a result of creating the world. For him, relationship was always first. He was in perfect community. That's who God was. That, who, that is who God is. And of all the things that God created, we were the ones that were made in his image. So if God at the very core is relational, then that means our core is meant to be in relationship with him and with others. Church, this means that you are hardwired for relationship. This means that you are meant for community. It's how you were made to reflect the glory of God. And that's why love and that's why relationships is such an incredibly big deal to you. That's why stories like the Titanic were blockbuster films. They, they hit something within your heart that made sense. It makes sense because you were created for relationships. It's supposed to be a big deal. I, I, I want you to think about the best memories of your life. And think about who you were with. For a lot of us, immediately, we can think of those people off the top of our head. But at the same time, if I ask you, what are your best memories? Where were you? Some of us, it takes a little bit longer. Because our best memories, they're filled with people that we love, not necessarily the places that we go to. Some of my favorite memories are in the jankiest places that I've ever been but I'm with people that I love and I know who love me. And church, I know that it's the same with you. It's always going to be with the people that you're with. It's always going to be about relationship. You can be in the nicest, most beautiful place in the world, but I know, for, and I've experienced this too, I've been in such beautiful places all over Europe and all over Asia. But when I'm by myself, the one thing that I think is, this is beautiful, but I wish that I could share this with somebody. I wish that I could experience this with somebody. It's always about people. People, they just give you more life. They give you more color to, to everything that you're doing. But the reverse is also true. It's why breakups, it's why divorce, they aren't just small things that you can cross over. They are life-defining. They are heart-wrenching. And it's because of these relationships, good or bad, they go right into the core of who you are, and they define you as a person. And the reason why is because you were created for it, church. You were created for it. And that's why, and that's the only reason why you can explain Genesis 2.18. Let me read that to you. 
Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. The reason why what we talked about only makes sense here is because realize that up to this point, sin has not entered the world. There was nothing bad at this point. Everything that God had made up to here was good. It was paradise on earth. However, in the midst of paradise, God says, look, it's not good that man is alone. In the midst of perfection, God says, it is not good that Adam is here by himself. Everything God made is good, but here God makes Adam and there's something missing. How crazy is that? Just think about it. Out of everything, the first human in the world had complete dominion over all things, power over all animals, was in paradise with no worries, and yet he was lonely. And the reason why was because, you see, for Adam, he was made in the image of someone who's not just one, but is three. He was made in the image of God who was in relationship. And you and I are also made for relationship. I think it's important for me to to bring this up also. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I know for a lot of us, we are a group of young professional singles. Um, And through the grace of God, I think God has really blessed us, even through COVID, with bringing in uh, new faces and and, and also new, new young singles who are, who are, you know, one day in the future may get married, right? I want you to know that there's nothing shameful and there's nothing guilt-ridden about being lonely. There's nothing shameful. You shouldn't feel guilty over wanting to date or get married. It's not a sign of insecurity. It's not a lack of spirituality that maybe you feel lonely right now and you want to get married. And I think something's happened within our culture, something's happened in church circles where it's something that you have to to be kind of focused on your career and focused on these things and and not to ever think about marriage. That, That means you are super spiritual. And that means you're a super Christian and, and you're doing really well, but, but ask for prayer about your future marriage. Ask for prayer about wanting to get married. And, and there's something a little bit off about you. Man, you, you need to be content in, in where you are. And, and I want you to know that, man, that is not biblical. That is not true. Look at Adam, who, was, who had everything. And yet, even in that perfection, even in that paradise, he was lonely because he was created for relationship. I'd like to get married. There, I said it. It doesn't mean that I'm content with, doesn't mean that I'm discontent with my life. All it means is that I'm excited and hopeful for all that God is going to do in my life. Man, I believe that God has someone pretty special in store for me. And I know that when I do get married, man, I'm going to be able to grow with that person. I'm going to be able to grow with her, and we're going to be able to challenge each other to grow closer to Christ. It's going to be awesome. 
And I'm excited for that. And I hope that you guys, and I'm asking you guys, pray for me about that. Pray that I find someone who I can marry and who, who I'm going to be able to grow with in that way. There's nothing shameful, there's nothing guilt-ridden about that. It is a good thing to pray for that. If you're single, I hope that you're praying about this. And I hope that you don't give up. And the reason why I want to stress this, the reason I'm bringing this up is because at the beginning of every year, we, we send out prayer requests. We ask for prayer requests from our congregation. And we have uh, people of all life stages here. And that's a huge blessing. But majority are young professional singles. And when I get these prayer requests back, and I'm praying for you guys, one thing becomes evident. People who are married, most of the time their prayers include something about their marriage. Praise God. They're asking God, they're asking that I would pray that God would strengthen their marriage, that they would have a biblically gospel-centered marriage. That's an awesome thing. For a lot of you guys who who have children, a lot of your prayer requests contain your children. That's an awesome thing. Praise God. You pray that, man, I want my children to be raised uh, well, that they would turn to men and women of God to be leaders of their faith. That's an awesome thing. However, one thing I've noticed is that for our singles, almost no one asked for prayer over their future marriage. In fact, last year, one person, one person asked for prayer over their future marriage. No one else. But you know what? Everyone else who is single asked for prayer over their careers. Every single other person asked for prayer over their careers. And I think that's kind of strange. It's okay to pray for your marriage. It's okay to pray for those different things. It's okay because you were created for a relationship. It's okay for those who are lonely here who want friendship. That's a good thing. You should want friends. You were created to be in community with one another. And that's one thing that we stress with our church. That's one thing that we always ask for you to do. Stay after. Stay after our services. Go outside. Hang out with people. As long as you feel safe, of course. But wear your mask. Be outside. Be six feet apart. And talk to one another. Grow in relationship with one another. You were meant for it. You were created for it. If you go home by yourself and you're you're like that all the time, that's not going to be healthy for you. You weren't created for it, church. It's a good thing you were created for relationship. But church, you weren't just simply created for relationship. You were created to have a purpose within your relationship. When God created everything and he saw that Adam was lonely, he says in verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, it's interesting that God would use the word helper here to refer to Eve. Now, I'm not going to go into all of the reasons behind that today, but I want you to know that it has nothing to do with equality or importance. What God is talking about more here are roles and functions. And I want you to think about it this way. The reason God would say that Adam needed a helper was because was because Adam needed Eve's help in order to accomplish something that he wasn't able to accomplish on his own. God said that, God said that Eve was Adam's helper because there was something that Adam needed to accomplish that he wouldn't be able to accomplish without Eve's help. 
And what the, the point I'm trying to make here is this, church. Eve was never meant to be the ultimate goal of Adam's life. God doesn't ever say, I will make Eve and she will be the ultimate purpose for him. What God says is, I will make him a helper to encourage and to push him. You see, Eve was never meant to be the ultimate goal, the ultimate center, the ultimate purpose for Adam. The purpose of their relationship is to move forward in the world and build up the kingdom of God. And we see this all throughout the rest of Genesis. That their reason for existence, the reason for them being brought together, was not simply so that they could just simply be together. It was to push each other to further the work of the kingdom of God. The purpose of their relationship is to push one another to grow in relationship with God. The purpose of their relationship is not one another, it's centered around the Lord. Church, do you want to know what the purpose of your relationships are? God has already given it to you. You are meant to be a worker in the kingdom of God, and you are meant to encourage and challenge your friends, your loved ones, and your family to grow closer to Christ. I think this concept is one of the most simple to understand, and yet one of the most difficult to implement. Because I have seen this problem occur so many times where we turn our friendships and we turn our relationships and we turn our marriages not into something that can help us grow closer to Christ or help us in the kingdom of God, but it becomes our ultimate purpose and meaning in our lives. And it was never meant to be that way, church. Marriage is not the goal of our lives. Having a lot of friends and being popular isn't the goal of our lives. The purpose is to do the work of the kingdom of God. Ecclesiastes 12 says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Care for the people God has placed in your life, yes, but don't forget your purpose. Don't forget your purpose. Our purpose is in Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And look, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about the horizontal aspect. We're going to be talking a lot about our relationships with one another. But look, if our vertical relationship isn't right, then everything else is going to fall apart. If our relationship with Jesus Christ is not going steady, then man, it doesn't matter how, how well you can talk to other people. It doesn't matter how great everything else is. Everything else is not going to flourish. You know, there's a story of a minister in the 19th century who had a daughter. And she was about to get married. She was only five days away, and, and for her, she was, she was really excited about it. But unfortunately, just a couple of days before her marriage, she came down with a fever, and she, they couldn't figure out what was wrong, and she would just get sicker and sicker, and within a couple of days, she ended up passing away. And for them, they couldn't get the word out fast enough. It was a long time ago. And so people, they ended up coming to 
the wedding, what they thought was a wedding, but instead of coming into a, a wedding ceremony, they ended up coming into a funeral. And that's a sad thing, it is. But I want you to think of one thing. If your purpose and her purpose was simply to just get married or to, to have children, then that is a sad thing. Then she wasn't able to accomplish her purpose. Then her life was almost meaningless in that way. But I want you to listen, I want you to, listen to the end of this story. See, her father, he gives the eulogy. And what he says is he points out that a couple of hours before she passes, all she could talk about was how excited she was that she was going up to see Jesus. The main thing that she was saying was, man, I'm so excited that I'm the first in our family to go and meet Jesus. I'm so excited for that. And all she kept on talking about was how thankful she was that Jesus Christ had saved her. And when she was buried, the one thing that she asked her tombstone to read was, here lies the bride gone to her heavenly father. Church, I hope that our relationships with one another are fulfilling and wonderful, and I hope that they're full of laughter. But more than that, I hope that your relationship with Jesus Christ would be your ultimate purpose in this life. Church, you were created for relationship, and you were created to encourage one another, and you were created to grow closer to him. Amen? Yeah, let's pray.